Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In director Anita Rasha Dasavera's provocative new film, Medusa, Mari and her friends broadcast their spiritual devotion through pastel pinks and catchy evangelical songs about purity and perfection. But underneath it all, they harbored a deep rage. By day, they hide behind their manicured facade, and by night, they form masked vigilante girl gangs prowling the streets in search of sinners who have deviated from the rightful path. The film is called Medusa, and we're joined today the film is called Medusa, and we're joined today by the director, Anita Rasha Dal Savera. Anita, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm really curious about what inspired the film. Uh, actually, uh, around 2015, I read on the news about a group of young humans that got together to beat another human that they consider to be like the sluts of the town something like that, and they beat this girl. And for them, it was important to make the, this girl look ugly. So they cut her hair, they cut her face. It was a very violent attack. Uh, and some weeks after, I read another article, but now in another city of Brazil for a similar story. And uh, I started to Google about that, and I found different stories similar. And that made me remind of the Medusa myth, because Medusa was very beautiful, but one version of the myth, she fell into temptation, in the other she had sex. But since she was no longer a virgin, Athena transformed her into this horrible creature that we all have heard about. So that was a starting point, a Greek myth that has thousands of years until today resonates in the Brazilian society. And then I started to make a lot of research about the conservative rise we were experiencing in Brazil, about the evangelical uh, communities, and especially some groups in this community that has some speeches about human beings submissive to men and things like that. So that was the starting point. Uh, this news, think about Greek myths and uh, about the conservative rise in Brazil. Something I don't think we in the United States understand the impact of evangelicalism on Central and South America, and it sounds like in particular Brazil, the reason I'm saying that is because it is a film about about these young women and their devotion to this uh, evangelical uh, ideology. Um, but it's at the end of it, the day, it feels like a it's a very political film. It's a I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong. It's a it's it's, it's intended. Part of the intention of the film seems to me to be to comment on the political discourse or atmosphere in Brazil? No, for me, that's more like the backdrop. The okay. film is more about uh, the transformation of Mari, about control and the lack of control, okay. about uh, things that you experiment as a woman. And yeah. uh, but, and for example, in Brazil, you have this ultra-right that's all about religion and morality. Right. In the US, the ultra-right here is a bit different. It's, it talks about uh, being white, talking about the immigrants' rights and things like that. But we have, yeah. and now the abortion here is being questioned, 
people are questioning. So there is a big ultra right in the US as well. In the West, there is a lot of cults, <laughs> yeah. as I know. So in other countries, in other countries, the ultra right have different faces. But I'm talking about what uh, we are, we're living in Brazil, that the evangelical communities are advancing a lot. But in the film, I'm talking about some particular groups, but I'm talking about bigger groups. Groups yeah. that has uh, I'm talking about the mainstream church. I'm not talking about the most radical church. I'm talking right. about the mainstream church, and the church that inspired the film. They have even a lot of branches here in the U.S., so they are expanding a lot. And a part of this speech is that don't trust the worldly people, don't trust the mundane people. So the people in the church they start to isolate themselves. But my intention doing Medusa was to talk more about control, about the about one woman trying to control the other. Why this happened? It would be more about how the sexism is part of the structure of the society. And in Brazil, I have to use the churches to talk about that. But I think yeah. it's more about how, as women, we interject the sexism inside of us. You're absolutely right. I, I agree with everything you've said in terms of the film. I love the way that you're able to make the comments about the church evangelicalism and the women's relationship to it in a way that was went right up to a line of being satirically over the top it felt it felt like i felt like you stayed within parameters of making the point without overstating it and i thought it was very effective i thought it was a very effective way of of telling the story and the use of music and the use of color there's so many different elements so talk let's talk a little bit about uh, your use of the elements of telling the story, the film within film, the the music, the all important parts of the film. Um, what was what was the inspiration for that? Oh, from the beginning, uh, what I was saying first, I, I like to mix genres. Uh, I like to I don't like to commit with only one. I think it's important, at least for me. And it takes so much time to do a film, so I I, I like to mix horror with fantasy, with musical, with comedy. And the first draft of the uh, script was a little bit more heavy, but since things in Brazil are turning or <laughs> getting more heavy every day, uh, I, uh, I decided to put even more humor into Medusa. So it's a film that you can have a very heavy scene and then you have some scenes with humor. And, uh, in, and that's something that I, I really love about, to mix genres. Mm -hmm. And for example, when I, I saw Get Out from Jordan Peele, I was really, impressed by the way he mixed horror with comedy and with social comments. And I'm uh, also a big David Lynch fan. That's a, another filmmaker that goes from a musical to comedy, to melodrama, to a very horrifying scene. So that's for me a big starting point to mix genres. About the visual, the big influence was Suspiria by Dario Argento. And what I like most about Suspiria is that it has no committing with reality. It uses colors in a very expressive way. Uh, he's not worried about portraying life as it is, but to create this parallel universe where well, almost everything can happen with the lightning. And I think uh, doing the soundtrack, we are also we are very influenced by the 70s and 80s films yeah. that were our influence. And so especially if the more diegetic, and on, uh, especially if the songs that are with no lyrics, we are really trying to bring this vibe about the horror films from the 70s and the 80s that we love. And, uh, and also, but it's a film with a lot of music. So there is the choir and other elements. So it's almost also a musical. So a lot of elements into that. One of the things that, that I was 
trying to, I wasn't doing a very good job of articulating it, but the, the use of the song, The House of the Rising Sun, and in the film, comes at a time when it's a film about a house of prostitution. Yeah, but there's uh, another this, this song is public domain. So that was very uh, important for me when picking because I didn't have any money left. So I need to go with a public domain song. And also with uh, a song that I, I really want a song that everybody would feel. A lot of people don't recognize that South of the Rising Sun, but they have this feeling about being familiar. Okay. That's for me something that's very important in, with church songs. You feel like you know that. You feel like uh, there's some welcoming feeling. So for me, it was important to use a public domain song. And also being a song about a bra house in that film, it's kind of fun. So yes, yes. why not? <laughs> well, that's what, again, that's what I liked about the film is it that it's subtle. It's understated as opposed to, and, and that combination with the color, the other elements that are a little bit more over the top. Uh, I just thought it was a really nice blend of that. And before we run out of time, I do want to talk about your cast because I thought everyone in it was just absolutely terrific. The woman who plays Mari is wonderful, as well as Michelle and others. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about your casting here. And Mari was in the... Mary did my first feature, Kill Me Please. She had a secondary hole there. I met Mari in an open call when she was 15. Like, that was, I think, in 2013. And when I was writing Medusa, I think since the beginning of the process, I had her in mind. Of the young characters, they are all people from open calls. The, the actors that plays Michelle, Lara, she had done some small roles in soap operas, but most of the most of the actors and actresses, Medusa was their first job. But they are all people that come from drama schools, that they act, and, uh, and but basically I like to discover people doing open calls. We are now yeah. on Facebook and Instagram. And then let's see what happens. For me, it's very important to to make something that people can that can be the first opportunity for someone. And some and the actor that plays the minister, Thiago Fragoso, he's a very famous opera star in Brazil. And he I invited directly, as also the girl that plays Melissa, that's Brunelins Meyer, other famous uh, telenovela star in Brazil. And she's someone that's known for being super pretty. So for her, it was fun doing Melissa, putting that makeup on, being the format. Uh, and also the, the uh, Joana Medeiros that plays Karen, the head nurse, was also invited. But all the other all the other actors and actresses, they come from open call. And that's for me, was a very nice process. Yeah, I thought uh, Thiago played a, a terrific counterpoint to in the film, not his... His role as the the head of the ministry, I thought he was very dynamic, very powerful, and I thought the way that he he plays off of what the women are going through is a wonderful, again, another wonderful part of the film. I, I just the okay. dynamic that you created was terrific in that. I, I want to make sure I get their names correct. Uh, Mari, Mari Oliveira. Okay. I will say them all. Mari Oliveira, Lara Tremorox, Thiago eh, Fragoso, Bruna Linsmaier, Felipe Frazão. No, there's a lot. So. Yeah, okay. 
Congratulations again on Medusa. Uh, And it's a terrific film. It is coming out here in Los Angeles for those listening here in the LA area at the Lemley NoHo Theater. It's also opening up in New York and across the country. So congratulations on the opening. Congratulations on your work. And uh, the film is Medusa. We've been speaking with the director and screenwriter of the film, Anita Rocha da Severa. Thank you so much for spending a little time with us today. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.